Luke uh, chapter 1 verse 20 reads like this. Uh, It's Jesus talking. He's talking to uh, his followers and specifically to a group of people um, who have been, uh, who've gone out to talk about him. Um, I'll talk a bit more about those people and about what's going on here um, first. But I just want to read the verse out just so you've got it in your head. This is Jesus talking to his followers who've been doing his work. He, He says this word. He says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So that's, that's the verse I want us to think about. And um, we're going to take a week off um, th- our current series in Psalms uh, this week um, to look uh, specifically at this in the hope that this will help prepare us for uh, Wednesday night to think through about what we're going to be doing as a church uh, and also just generally to think through what does it mean uh, to be Grace Church uh, and to be God's people here. Uh, and so we're going, to, we're going to take this week off. We're going to look at this verse. And I want to talk um, about joy. Okay, that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about joy. Because that's what lies at the heart of that verse. Jesus uses the word rejoice twice. He's talking about joy here. Where do we find our joy? And more, more than I do want to talk about joy, because I love talking and I love talking about joy. But um, more than that, I want us to spend a week thinking about joy thinking about what it means to be a joyful person, thinking about where we find joy. Because it strikes me that joy is quite hard to come by. Now, now we do, we've got pleasure. Now, pleasure, that we can do. Like, we're not, we're not bad at pleasure. So, like, a chocolate chip cookie, we, we have chocolate chip cookies. They bring pleasure. We have our team winning the cup. We have buying a new car or iPhone or coat or whatever it is that you enjoy buying. You see, see we, have, we have pleasure, but pleasure comes and goes. It's not, it's not always there. We can't spend our whole life buying new gadgets. We can't... Our, our team can only win the cup once a year. That, the second chocolate chip cookie brings a little bit less pleasure than the first. And there's no one who's like, I'm 50 chocolate chip cookies in and still having a great time. Like, that's not, that's not a thing. You see, pleasure come, comes and goes. and It comes in small doses. We get, we get little bits of it here and there. So, so we can do pleasure, but what about joy? What about that deep-rooted pleasure and happiness, which is not entirely reliant on our physical circumstances. What about that? Can we do that? What about that sense of contentment, of satisfaction? How do we do it that? What about that emotional feeling that isn't simply a product of mood or some external physical stimulus. You see, the reason I want to talk about joy, the reason I want you to think about joy, is my guess is we all want it. Like, everybody here wants joy. Who wouldn't? We want to be joyful people. And yet it turns out that joy is one of those things which simply wanting it isn't quite enough. (laughs) 
Just wanting it doesn't make it so. It doesn't make it happen. It doesn't make it a reality for us. This, this, this last week, I, I had what some of you would undoubtedly refer to as man flu and what I would refer to as a near-death experience. Um, uh, and so, uh, and, and as, I was, as I was lying in bed feeling rubbish, I wasn't there thinking, man, I'm just so joyful at this moment in time. Like, I'm just so full of joy as I lie in bed, like, sweating. <laughs> like, that wasn't where I was. You see, there's a reason that joy is quite hard for us to get. And one of the reasons is because sometimes life's hard. Sometimes we're ill. Sometimes we're in pain. Sometimes we're grieving. Sometimes we're stressed. Sometimes we're lonely. Sometimes we're ashamed. You see, joy is sometimes hard to find because life is hard. But it's more than that, isn't it? Because sometimes life isn't that hard and joy is still quite hard to find. Sometimes life's fine. We have enough money to survive. We even have enough money to buy a few odds and ends that we quite like. We have a bag of chocolate chip cookies in the cupboard. We have a job that's generally okay. We have meaningful relationships. And yet joy still somewhat eludes us. You ever find that? I find it like so often. Just like sat in my room feeling a bit rubbish and going like, why do I feel a bit rubbish? I've got absolutely no reason to. Like, look at my life. Look at what's going on. Like, why do I feel like this? You see, just sometimes when life's fine, we find ourselves feeling dissatisfied and just a bit flat. I mean, maybe that's just me, but I think that's where, where we're at. Joy is, feels this hard to achieve. So I wanted to take a week off the Psalms to talk to you about joy. But I also wanted to take a week off the Psalms to talk to you about Grace Church. Because we're in a week thinking about Grace Church, thinking about where Grace Church has come from, thinking about where Grace Church is going. Almost seven years ago, Grace Church was created. September 2015. That, that, was, that was where we started. And, and, and we, we spent a bit of time before that chatting about things, thinking about things, planning it out, getting, getting excited about it. A few of us had been meeting, imagining what we wanted Grace Church to be like. And oh man, it was those, that couple of years was so much fun because you get to like dream. Like, what's Grace Church going to be about? What do we want Grace Church to be about? We were, we were excited to, to set up this church in Hartlepool. All of us either currently lived in Hartlepool or had lived in Hartlepool in the past. And we were just so excited at the thought of being part of a church that could share the good news of Jesus with, in a town where 90,000 people, most of them didn't know Jesus. Man, that was an exciting thought for those years, sat in those rooms, chatting about it. What would it look like for us to be a church that could share good news of Jesus in this massive town full of people who don't know him? So, so we, we chatted a bit about that. What, what else were we excited about? We were excited about being a church that would open up the Bible and hear God speak to us. Man, if you read the Bible and you see what people feel when God speaks to them, it like blows your mind. It's incredible. 
like how they experience God speaking to them. We thought, wouldn't it be great to be a church where that's what happens? We open the Bible and we experience the living God who made heaven and earth speaking to us. And we don't just do that every now and again. Every week, we're finding multiple places where we can open the Bible and hear the living God speak words of power into our lives. We're excited about being a church and we could do that. We're excited about being a church where we could build meaningful relationships with each other where we could go beyond a cup of tea and a slice of cake, but where we could actually get to know each other, where we could walk through the sorrows and joys of life with each other. And we chatted and we chatted about what would that look like and how might we do that? What would it look like to be a church where the Bible was opened regularly, where we worked through what God was saying to us, where we connected um, with each other's lives, where we develop meaningful, deep relationships, where people were reached for Jesus. We got excited about that for those two years. And then September 2015, 12 adults, eight kids met in Stranton Primary School Hall. First ever Sunday. We were one life group at that point. I don't know, is it still a life group if you only have one? It's kind of just the church, isn't it? But, but we were one life group. We, we met as a life group. And we just started from that point doing what we said we were going to do. So our first series was in Jonah, the book of Jonah. I'm currently reading Jonah at the moment um, in my kind of personal um, spiritual life uh, as I kind of read through the Bible. And I'm reading Jonah. I still look back at that first series reading Jonah, and I still remember just how powerfully God spoke to me in that first series. That, that idea that no matter how much I ran away from God, God was always just right behind waiting for me to turn back. That is an image that has stayed with me for the seven years of Grace Church. So we just started doing it. You know, we went through Jonah, and after Jonah, we went through into a series looking at our values as a church. And after that, we went into Luke's gospel. And we just started doing what we were excited about doing, opening the Bible, looking at it, hearing God speak to us. And as we did it, a few people joined us. I think the, the first people to join us were a couple of students from CCAD, which is now the Northern School of Art. They joined us. They came in. And then after that, a few more people joined us. And we had a few older people join us as well. And suddenly we weren't just 30-year-olds with kids. We were some older people, some students in there as well. It was great to see us growing. Quickly, we were two life groups. Over time, we became three life groups. We recently became four life groups. We saw people, we have seen people over the life of Grace Church engaging with the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is for the first time. We've seen people come to know Jesus. We've seen people baptized. We've seen people who knew nothing of Jesus come and go, actually, I now know Jesus and I love him and I want to follow him with my life. And so we just kept going. And throughout that time, relationships were being built. Seven years of Grace Church, there's been some amazing relationships built. Some of my closest friends are people who without Grace Church I would probably have never met. Two of the people got married. You know, like we've, we've seen relationships develop and deepen and we've seen meaningful relationships grown within the life of Grace Church. Now, and of course, there have been challenges in that. And there have been setbacks uh, on the way. We have grown, but some people have left. We have built great relationships, but some have proved more challenging. But, but as we look over the years of Grace Church, we are so thankful to God for the way he enabled us to live out so much of what we hope to be. We wanted to share the gospel, 
And I'm blown away every week by the opportunities I have to share the gospel with people who don't know him. Every week I have opportunities to do that. Such a joy to be part of a church where week in, week out, I have the opportunity to talk to people who don't know Jesus and say, this is Jesus. He's great. He loves you. Knowing him would change your life. Come and know him. We wanted to be a church which opened the Bible and heard God speak as we did that. And year in, year out, we've been able to do that. I can still look back on series where I've felt and experienced God speaking words of power and comfort and transformation into my life. We wanted to be a church where people built meaningful relationships. And we've seen over the life of Grace Church, people walking through joys and sorrows of life together. We've seen it happening. If they were the things that excited us before we started Grace Church, we can look back in seven years and we can see so many examples of God doing those things here in the life of Grace Church. Jesus calls us to be churches. And here at Grace Church, we've seen him forming us into his people, into his church here in Hartlepool over the last seven years. And over these past weeks, as I've been thinking about this, as we've been getting ready for Wednesday night, for, for our kind of thinking about what God's been doing, where are we going? As I've been thinking about this, I've had this verse from Luke just going round and round in my head. The verse I read at the start. Let me tell you a little bit about what's going on in Luke 10. Jesus has sent out a group of um, his disciples, of his followers, 72 of them. He sent them out, and he sent them out as his ambassadors. So he said to them, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go around the like, towns and places around here, and I just want you to to go into those places, I want you to take nothing. He specifically says, like, don't take any money, don't take anything that is unnecessary, don't take any luxury. I want you to go with nothing, and I want you to go to these places, and I want you to act as my ambassadors to tell people about me and to tell those places that I'm coming. And he says to them, this is how closely what you're going to do is going to be uh, to what I'm doing. He's saying, if they accept you, they accept me. And if they don't accept you, it's like they're not accepting me. That's, that's, that's how closely they act as his ambassadors. They go to these places as Jesus' representatives. And what they, how those places respond to those people is how those people respond to Jesus. And, and so they go out and they do this. And what we see is in verse 17, so just before the verse I read, we see that they come back from this time going around these places. And they are absolutely buzzing. They're properly hyped. They come back and they say, it's been amazing. Even the demons submit to us. Like we go to these places and we speak in your name, Jesus, and we see amazing things happening. You can just imagine the excitement. Imagine going out with nothing. You're going out as Jesus represented with nothing. And you don't know how it's going to go. Imagine that sense of nervousness you'd have as you were walking to that town. I wonder what they're going to be like with us. I wonder how they're going to accept us. They'd be nervous. They'd have been scared. But imagine, as they saw amazing things happen, the relief, the excitement, the faith that they would have experienced through going out with nothing and seeing these amazing things happen in Jesus' name. Man, can you imagine how excited they'd be? It's like a pretty potent combination, isn't it? If you go into something, you'll know the experience. You go into something, you're really nervous about it, and you're really excited about it, and then it goes incredibly well. 
like you get that incredible high from it, don't you? You just feel so great. So I was so scared about it, but because it went well and because I was so scared, the high feels even higher. And so they come back to Jesus and they're so excited about what they've seen has happened there. And Jesus' response is really telling. It's the verse I've read before. In the midst of this incredible excitement that these people have come back with, in this incredible rejoicing that they've come back in, Jesus says those words. He says, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. It's just an amazing thing to say. It's surprising. You're like, you sent them out to do that stuff, and they've gone out, and they've done it, and it's gone really well, and they've come back really excited, and you said, oh, just calm down a bit. Don't be, don't be rejoicing in that. Be rejoicing in this. In some ways, the church continues to play the role of these 72. The church today is, is so similar to these 72 that are sent out by Jesus as his ambassadors. That's the language that the Bible uses. We are Christ's ambassadors on earth. Just as these people were sent out to represent him, so we represent him. Just as how people respond to us is how people respond to Jesus. That's still the case. That's why um, Jesus, when he appeals to um, Saul on the road, says, says to those people, why are you persecuting me? Because he's so closely connected to his people. And so Jesus sends us out to be his ambassadors. And when we set up Grace Church, we, there, was, there were more similarities than that to these people because we basically had nothing. We had no money. We had hardly any people. We had like the few people in the room and we were like, great, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's go out and do what we think God's calling us to do. We went out with nothing, empowered by Jesus to do the work of sharing the good news of who he was, what he's done in this great town, Hartlepool. And God blessed this work. And it's been an exciting journey. But do you know what the really exciting thing about Grace Church is? It's not that we've gone from a few people rattling around in Stranton School Hall to desperately trying to find a bigger room so we can keep on growing. That's not the really exciting thing about Grace Church. It's not that we've gone from no staff when we started, because we had no money, to more than no staff now. It's not that we've gone from one life group to four life groups. Now, the really exciting thing about Grace Church is that in Grace Church, there are a host of people whose names are written in heaven. That's the exciting thing about Grace Church. In Grace Church, there are people who didn't know about Jesus, who hadn't come to know him and accept the forgiveness and life he offered until they became a part of Grace Church. There are people whose names were not written in heaven, who now, because of God's work through Grace Church, can know that their names are written in heaven. That's the exciting thing about Grace Church. In Grace Church, there are Christians who, through being a part of of Grace Church, have kept going, kept hold of Jesus, and so can still know right now, here today, that their names are written in heaven. That's the exciting thing about Grace Church. As we look around this room, the exciting thing about Grace Church is that within this room, there are people whose names are written in heaven. The the ultimate joy of Grace Church is not in growing ministries. The ultimate joy in Grace Church is not in us doing CAP 
or save families or a marriage course or whatever it is that we do. That's not the ultimate joy of Grace Church. The ultimate joy of Grace Church is not in running really good events. It's not in doing a great Sunday gathering or great dancing cup discussions or great times together as life group. The ultimate joy of Grace Church is not found in new relationships. It's not found in marriages and friendships and mutual support. No, the ultimate joy of Grace Church is knowing that our names are written in heaven. The ultimate joy in Grace Church is knowing that we are loved and accepted by Jesus and that we are destined to be with him now and forever. Now, now don't hear me wrong. Of course there is joy to be found in those other things. Of course there is. Those of you who've been around will know that. There's joy to be found in Grace Church growing and the excitement which comes from seeing this community grow and from meeting new people. There's joy to be found in sharing the good news of Jesus with others. You might know something of that. You might know something of that buzz you get when you have a great conversation with someone about Jesus. Do you know that? Like you've had that conversation. It's gone. You've been able to explain to them something about this Jesus who loves them and who cares for them. And you come out of it just so rejoicing in it. There's joy to be found in that. There's joy to be found in having a great Sunday gathering or a great life group gathering. There's joy in that, real joy. And the history of Grace Church has been full of joys. But all of those joys are secondary to the great joy. I'll never forget something Kathy said to me after week one of Grace Church. Kathy's letting him, what did I say after week one of Grace Church? It's like, you might not have forgotten it, but I have. Um, we spent years planning. Um, we spent years planning Grace Church, planning what we were going to do, getting excited about it. And finally, we have our first Sunday gathering after what is two years of chatting about what we want this church to be. And so we go down for this Sunday gathering. We get the piano out that we've just bought. I think it was still that one. I think we've done pretty well. We've had a piano for seven years. So, so we, get, we get a piano out. We get it out and we pack it out and we plug it in and we get it ready. We get the drums out, probably different drums. Um, we, we, I, I'm not as good at looking after things as Jane, obviously. So, so we get the drums out. So we get the drums, we get the piano out, we get the table set, we get the chairs all around and we meet and it's, and it's our first week and it's just the 12 of us and the eight kids. And we turn on, we get these chairs out and we go, we sing some songs. Someone opens up the Bible and talks about it. And then we pack it all down and we go home. And you sort of feel like, wow, all of two years and that, we did that. <laughs> like, that's what we did. We got a piano out and some drums. Someone did this and, we, and then we go home. And I remember uh, Kathy commenting, uh, not in a bad way, but she just said, I, I was just struck by how weak it all looked. And I, I, I genuinely, not in a critical way at all, because it was a really helpful observation. It was weak. We, if you'd been thinking about it, of course it was going to be weak. It was just a few of us in a school hall. And of course, we were doing it, and we didn't know how long we'd just be 12 adults and 8 kids rattling around for. We knew that could have, we could have been like that for six months, for a year. We had no idea. We didn't know who the next people were coming from. We had no idea who would ever join us. Now there, week one Grace Church, rattling around this hall, Absolutely no idea, is it going to go anywhere? That's where you need to know that your joy is not found 
in those things. You see, it's fine to find joy when the gathering seems great, when we have a great time together. But what about when it's rubbish? What about when it looks weak and unimpressive? What about when there's nothing noteworthy about it? Well, it's okay. Because ultimately, our joy is found in knowing our names are written in heaven. And that is true whether the Sunday gathering is good or bad. That is true whether we look strong and impressive or weak and inconsequential. We feel a high when we get to have a good chat with someone about Jesus. But what about when the conversation doesn't go well? What about when you try and talk to someone about Jesus and you get shut down? What about then? You know what? It's okay. Because our names are written in heaven. There's joy to be found in Grace Church growing, but what about when people leave? Well, there's sadness, but our ultimate joy does not depend on Grace Church growing because our most fundamental joy is found in knowing that our names are written in heaven. Jesus is here saying that this is the great joy of Christianity. The great joy of knowing him. And I just want to stop here for a minute and just ask you a very personal question, which is, do you know that joy? Do you know the joy which comes from knowing your name is written in heaven? Because Jesus is here warning against us finding our ultimate joy anywhere other than that. You want joy. I started this whole week by saying you want joy. We all want joy. The question we're all trying to answer is where do we find it? We want it, but that's different to saying, but we know where we can find it. These people, these 72 Jesus sent out, they are rejoicing in good things. They were rejoicing in having done the very thing Jesus called them to do. But the problem is that if that becomes your primary cause for rejoicing, what about when the spirits don't submit to you? If your primary joy is found in pursuing pleasure, then what about when you're broke? Or what about when the stuff which used to bring you pleasure no longer does? If your primary joy is found in relationships, what happens when time or sin or death ends those relationships. Now, again, don't hear me wrong. There is joy to be found in those things. Of course there is. But it's not the ultimate, long-lasting, stable, eternal joy which comes from knowing that whatever your circumstances, here and now, your name is written in heaven. That's the joy of Christianity. Jesus is simply saying to his followers, don't let any other joy prevent you from finding that joy. Don't let your rejoicing in anything else get in the way of you rejoicing that your name is written in heaven. I'm gonna, I want to wrap this up. And I wanna, I'm going to take a few minutes. And I want to have a go. It, it's maybe ambitious and I'm probably going to fail. At unpacking what that might mean for each one of you. So I've tried to think like, if I was to categorize all of you into different groups, what are the groups? Now, you're going to sit there and go, I don't fit in any of those groups because I'm an individual. Well, fair enough. Like, you're an individual and you don't fit in them. But let's see, let's see how close I get. Okay? I'm going, to, I'm going to try and say what I think 
Jesus is saying to each of the different types of people that we are here today. So, so let's give it a go. Maybe, first category of people, maybe you're new to Grace Church. You haven't been around Grace Church much. Maybe this is your first week or one of just a few times you've been here. And maybe you're still not sure what you think of Grace Church. Do I like it? Do I not like it? Not entirely sure. And maybe more than that, maybe you're also not really sure what you think of Jesus. You definitely don't know him or follow him in any meaningful way. If that's you, if you're someone who's kind of like, I'm, I'm relatively new to Grace Church, don't, really, don't know who Jesus is, not sure what I think of him, definitely don't follow him. This is what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that here today, you can know this same joy that his followers knew here and that followers throughout history have known and you don't need a whole back history of engagement with the church or um, background in who Jesus was to get there. You just don't need that because that's not where the joy is found. You don't need to be a part of Grace Church to know this joy. You don't need to have a long history with Jesus to know this joy. All you need to do is turn to him. Ask him to forgive you. Decide you're going to live for him and you can know the joy which comes from having your name written in heaven. If that's where you are today, if you're there going, not sure what I think of Grace Church, definitely not following Jesus. Jesus is here saying, you can know the joy that comes from knowing that your name is written in heaven and you can know that right here, right now. You just turn to him. You accept what he's done for him, for you, and you follow him. So maybe that's you. New to Grace Church, not sure what you think of Jesus. That's what I think Jesus is saying here. Maybe this is you. Maybe, maybe you are a part of Grace Church, but you hear me talking about Grace Church, and you can go, I can see he likes it, but I'm not so sure. For me, it's a bit of a mixed bag, or, or more than that, maybe you're like, I just don't really like it. Maybe you've been here a while and you had high hopes, and Grace Church never seems to quite live up to it. Maybe you want to feel a part of it, but you feel like you've never quite managed. Maybe you look around a Sunday gathering and you can see that everyone else is into it, but you just sit here and think, man, this is tedious. That guy just talks for ages and I don't like the songs. Do you know what I mean? Like, like maybe that's where you are. But maybe in all of that, you do love Jesus. And you know Jesus. And you follow him. If you follow him, if that's you, you can rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Now, I don't hear me wrong. I'm sorry that you find Grace Church hard. And I'd, I'd love to talk to you about that. I'd love to have a sit down, have a cup of coffee. I won't drink coffee, but you're welcome to. Um, ha- have, a, have a cup of coffee and chat to you about kind of how you find Grace Church. I'd love that. But the reality is, you know Jesus. And in the midst of however hard you find Grace Church, you know that your name is written in heaven and that is the ultimate joy of Christianity. That is the joy that you can hold on to. Whether you find, even if you find no joy in Grace Church, you still have the great joy of Christianity because you know Jesus. Maybe you're the opposite of that. Maybe you're not the person who's like, I love Jesus but don't like Grace Church. Maybe you're the person who's like, I love Grace Church but I just don't like Jesus that much. Maybe you love Grace Church. You love the people that you've connected with here. You love your life group. You love Sunday gatherings. You love being able to serve and be useful. Maybe Grace Church feels incredibly important to you. But if you're honest, 
You just don't know Jesus. You love Grace Church, but you've not recognized your sin. You've not come to Jesus and asked him to forgive you. You've not truly decided to follow Jesus. If that's you, I am so glad that you find joy in being a part of Grace Church. That, that's so great. I love that. But you just need to know you are missing out on the true joy of Christianity. You're just missing out on it. You're rejoicing in the things that Jesus tells these people not to rejoice in. And you've never found the thing that Jesus tells these people to rejoice in, knowing that your name is written in heaven. Let me encourage you, if that's you, don't, don't settle for the joy of Grace Church. Find the joy of heaven. Maybe, maybe you're not that. Maybe you're, you're somewhere else in this. Maybe you do enjoy being a part of Grace Church and you do know Jesus, but you've slightly lost sight of the joy that comes from knowing Jesus. Your joy has become much more about the things you do or your circumstances than that your name is written in heaven. It's so easy to do. Maybe like these 72, your joy has become dominated by your service. Your joy is found in your role as a musician or in your preaching or in your hospitality. Now, there is great joy in using the gifts God's given you to serve him. Of course there is. That's the way God's wired us. He gave us those gifts for us to enjoy. But that cannot be our fundamental joy because that will not last. If your joy is found in being a musician, one day that role will end. Ability or inclination or arthritis or AIDS or money will come and put an end to it and you will find yourself joyless. If my joy is found in coming here on a Sunday and doing good talks for you guys, what about if I do a rubbish one? No, what gets me through every Sunday evening after I've preached is reminding myself that my joy is not ultimately found in how good the talk was or how it was received by people. My ultimate joy is found in knowing that my name is written in heaven. Let me encourage you, in the midst of your service, in the midst of the joy you find in being part of Grace Church, keep reminding yourself and keep feeding the joy which can be yours in knowing that no matter what happens your name is written in heaven just keep feeding that joy keep reminding yourself of that truth because that's the goal that's what we'd love to see we'd love to be a church of people who love each other who find joy in being part of Grace Church, who find joy in serving God together, but who know that the only joy which will always be there and will last forever is the joy which is found in knowing that our names are written in heaven. That the God who created us loves us so much that he died for us and that one day he will take us home to be with him and share in the new heavens and the new earth that he's preparing for us. That's what we rejoice in. That's the joy of Christianity. And that is the joy that Jesus invites each one of us to know. Let me pray for us.
Father God, we want to find and to know joy. We were created for joy. We were created out of joy. And Lord God, I thank you that you came to bring us joy. And Lord God, I pray for every one of us in this room today, whether this is for the first time or whether this is part of that ongoing journey of knowing you, I pray that we would know the joy that comes from being forgiven by you and knowing that our names are written in heaven. Lord God, the joy that we find it impossible to manufacture, I pray that you would miraculously, through your spirit, give each one of us today. Amen.